Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is high noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. It is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. We have got a familiar face, a familiar name with us today. If you are an SNR loyalist, if you uh, really listen to anything that we do, you know Tom Opperman, shirtless Tom. He's the co-host of the Steelers Standard. He's the co-host of Asked and Answered with Bob Labriola, shirtless Tom. He sitting in for Motsi this afternoon. What's up, Thomas? I feel it. I feel the electricity in the air when I come into the electric factory. It's good to be here. I haven't been on the Blitz. I think it was last training camp I had to fill in for a couple I was gonna episodes. Say, so it's been almost a calendar year since I've jumped on the it's show. It's been probably a good 13, 14 months. So great to have you in here. Again, if you uh, if you rock and roll with us on SNR, you know Tom. You know his work. Excited to get after it with you today, as always, partner. So let's jump right into it here. We're kind of... At the tail end of some Browns reaction, right? When when uh, when your team plays on Monday night, that reaction always stretches an extra day or so into uh, into the week than maybe a normal uh, just Sunday one o'clock or, or afternoon slot or whatever. It's Thursday today, so this is kind of the day that we start to turn the page, and and we'll do that a little bit later on. But I. Want to know your thoughts on the question that seems to be, and there's a lot of them, to be fair, a lot of different questions no doubt, that, have, no doubt. that have kind of been burning up the Steeler airwaves and Steeler circles uh, in the last three days since that game on Monday night. But where I wanted to start with you today is the Jalen Warren conversation. Man, we're hearing a lot of that uh, this week, right? Nationally, too. Nation- I've heard Kyle Brandt take on the soapbox of Jalen Warren. I mean, it, it's it's really run out of control lately. I think Mike Florio, too, has been Mike on that Florio as well, too. Um, Jason Garrett was talking okay. about Jalen Warren. He will be on the call for the broadcast. On, right. or I think he does the studio, studio stuff, stuff for, right. the, for the broadcast, pardon me, on Sunday. Of course, obviously, longtime offensive coordinator, longtime head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, a guy who knows uh, the offensive side of the football, certainly in the National Football League. Jalen Warren, Jalen Warren, Jalen Warren. Uh, you know, pretty close to a 50-50 split with Najee on carries on Monday night. So it's not like there's a huge discrepancy there if you just look at the pure numbers. But the eyeball test, there's been more pop for Jalen Warren. I think that's probably the best way to say it. There has I, He has more explosiveness than Najee, but I, I don't think Najee's that type of runner. Like Warren will hit you a home run every once in a while. Najee's like a boxer that beats you in the 12th, 13th round. Like He <laughs> needs 20, 25 carries a game. And you mentioned how it was kind of a 50-50 split on Monday Night Football as far as the volume of carries were concerned. 
But as far as the effectiveness of carries are concerned, Najee blew him out of the water. I mean, I know people are going to point to the 21 and the 18-yard run, and they're going to be like, well, that skews the average. Okay, but those runs still count. And if, Particularly for an offense that struggles to get right, chunk and, plays and, like that. And who's to say that if you don't turn Najee's 10 carries into 20 carries, that those one to two chunk plays turn into three or four chunk plays from Najee Harris. So, you know, I understand people saying, wow, Warren really jumps off the screen at you, and he has more burst, he has more pop than Najee, but the numbers just don't bear out that I'm ready to quit on Harris right now. I mean, I said this last night on Countdown to Kickoff with Matt Williamson and Tim Benz. With Najee, to me, it's an offensive line problem, again. I mean, same old, same old for him in his entire career as a Steeler. But it's also just a volume problem. I mean, 5.1 yards per carry against the Niners. You have to stop running the ball as much as you'd want to because you're down by a million early in that game. 4.4 yards per carry against the Browns. I mean, this guy's averaged 3.9 in that's his where, career, that's so where you he's be. playing better yeah. than his career average would dictate. Um, he's only gotten like six carries and ten carries, though. I, if you give that guy the rock a little bit more, I think he's going to pay dividends. I think you're going to start to see, you know, not a big Jalen Warren 50-yard run, but you're going to see eight-yard runs, four-yard run, six-yard run, maybe a two-yard run, five-yard run. It's just going to be consistent, and he's just going to wear that defense down. He wasn't really a home run threat at Alabama. He no. was the, Saban gave him the ball 30 times, and in the fourth quarter, he was fresh. He was a home run threat in the fourth quarter, because right? Because the linebackers when, when, were beat When the hell. other teams were beat down, and then he could really pop one. And that's yeah. the one thing I will say about Najee that I'm not worried about. He's still a very physical runner, and he's been hit behind the line of scrimmage a lot again this year, and he's made things happen with that. So as far as, you know, can he play that style of game, a bruising kind of running back, and not a Jerome Bettis type, but someone that makes the linebackers hurt a little bit come third or fourth quarter, I think that's how he's done his entire career. So I I really am a little bit surprised at how much hype Warren's getting. I guess I see it because of the burst that you see in the big plays that he's made. There's pop there for sure. But, I mean, I, you, you're just ignoring the pop that Najee showed with his 21-yard run and his 18-yard run. And he had a 24-yarder against San Francisco the week before. There you go. I mean – He's had pop, too. He he certainly has. Now, it doesn't look the same as Jalen Warren when he does it, right, just because of the pure straight-line speed element. But you're right. It's It's been there in his game. And I, I really like that analogy that you opened up with, the, the boxing, the fighting That's analogy the there. He is. He is not uh, Mike Tyson. Like, he's not looking to knock you out in the first or second or third round. He's Floyd Mayweather. He's going to grind you down for 10 rounds, and then in round 11, 12, 13, that's when he's going to really have uh, his way, and that's where he's really going to take advantage of that previous work. It's it's an analogy I think that's very apt, and Tom, I just – Part of it gets back to the offensive line, which you mentioned as well. I think too. that's the biggest problem with the running game. That they they are just they are not Najee's style. Right, is one read, one cut, and go. Yes, and, and he'll probably break a tackle from a linebacker it, or a defensive. It, back. Exactly, and and whereas Jalen Warren's style, you can see more of that patience. You can see more of that. Okay, I'm going to start to the right, and nothing's here. I'm going to peel back to the left, and I'm going to beat everybody to the edge. I just. I think the way that the Steelers' offensive line is performing, some of the play-calling element as well, too, right now, I don't think it's doing Najee any favors either. No, and I think that's kind of been the way it's gone his entire Steelers' career. I mean, his rookie year with the line was abysmal. He had to fight to get to the line of scrimmage almost every carry he had. It was almost a miracle that he got to 1,000 yards in his rookie season. Then last year, you know, Najee was probably more to blame for his struggles, but I think... I buy into that injury a little bit because you saw a different Najee in the second half after the bye week, getting two weeks off to really get close to 100%. And 
he was the lifeblood for the team. I mean, he they were a run heavy offense down the stretch. They went seven and two. He had a couple hundred yard performances yep. and he yep. grinded out another thousand yard season. And I know that doesn't mean as much anymore with the extra game, but you start your career back to back a thousand yard seasons. That's something to hang your hat on as a running back, even in today's day and age. But yeah, I, I agree. When people are pointing at 22 and saying he's the problem, uh, your description of him needing a back that he needs things blocked up for him. He needs a hole in front of him, a one cut, and he's gone. He just doesn't have that in front of him. They're asking him to try to do something that he's not, and maybe that's why Jalen Warren shows a little bit more flash to some people because I think he can operate under maybe a little bit more chaotic offensive line. For, he a, can, he for can, a handful of plays. He can create more out of nothing, nothing than in, a, in a smaller sample size. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In, on the 21-yard run, I know Najee didn't look the fastest on that run. He's not the fastest running back in the league. That's not his style. Um, but the big problem with Jalen that I have with people wanting to play him more is I, as what I just said about I need to see more volume from Najee, I, I have to assume more volume is going to make Jalen Warren less effective. Like sometimes that's, guys are just perfect in the role that they're in, and point. maybe Warren's playing so well because he's cast perfectly right now. If you extend him, overextend him, you know maybe you see some of that production fall off a little bit. It's a great point by you. Maybe he's best suited out of the bullpen. I agree. Right I, to to use another another sports analogy. And as much as we wanted Najee to be better in the pass catching game, I think Warren's better in that aspect. I think you I can agree swing it out to him, and we saw that on Monday he's, Night Football. He's 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 so fluid with it, yeah, right? I so mean, if he wants to come in on third down, third and eight, third and nine, I'm all for that. Give him a, a nice little route out of the backfield. I think he can be a fight. He's a good run blocker too, so he, he doesn't sacrifice anything. Great there. run blocker, particularly for his size. You're right with that too. I mean, it does. I, I'll give him this. It looks different, it lo- and I mean this in a good way. It looks more fluid. It looks smoother when Jalen Warren's catching balls out of the backfield as opposed to Najee. There's just a seamless transition of find the quarterback, bring the ball in, get your butt upfield, that that Najee just isn't quite as smooth. You know, with Najee, it's a little more – there's like that half-second pause to catch the ball and then turn and plant. So I'm with you on that. Like, again, I there's a role in this offense for Jalen Warren. Without yeah, 100%. a doubt. I just don't think it's at the point now where you – Give him the 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 complete responsibility while also pulling the plug on on Najee Harris. The biggest problem with the offense is not the running game; it's part of it, though. And maybe some of the other problems are symptoms of them not having a strong running game. But the biggest gripe that I have so far with running the football is they're just not doing it enough. Like, I am not ready to make a change at a position where we've only seen you know what was it twenty carries on Monday Night Football and then it was like ten or eleven on the Week One game against the way San Francisco Forty Niners. Yeah, uh, last year I, I just said this: they became a run-heavy team down the stretch. Najee played well. They went seven and two. This year's evolution was supposed to be that run-heavy identity on offense, but we build off of it now. We take more deep shots down the field. We incorporate more passing elements into it, but at our core, we're still that run football team, second and four, third and ones. We live in that area, and it's like they had this great preseason, and then they just ripped it all up, and we're like, let's just throw 50 times. We're the Chiefs. Like, You did so well just running the football last year down the stretch. Still didn't score enough points, though. The next evolution is to have that running game be the foundation and then expand your passing playbook as Kenny gets more comfortable in the offense. But instead, it just skipped the running part and it's just pass, pass, pass. And it's clearly hurting Kenny. And um, we can get to Kenny in a little bit, I'm sure. Maybe he's not a quarterback that's cut out to pass, pass, pass all the time. Maybe he needs a strong running but game. But he also doesn't need to throw the ball 76 times in the uh, first two games of the season against, the against two of the best defensive fronts in the National Football League. 76 76 in two games. That's just, I and, mean, I get you have to play from behind against the Niners, 
but they pulled the plug even way too early on the running game in that game. I, when I, you're down twenty to seven, you I, still run the football. Twenty seven to seven, you. You when still it's run ten nothing and it's it's the first quarter still, you 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 run the football. People are gonna jump on me for this one because they're not the same. But I remember last year Tennessee in Seattle down by I think two or three touchdowns in that game. They ran Derrick Henry back into the football game and ended up coming back and winning because they were down so early. If the Steelers were down by three touchdowns in the late third quarter or early fourth, you got to pass. But they were down in the first it's quarter. The first, you don't, you don't abandon your, your yes. bread and butter, your identity in the first well, what half. What we thought was going to be their identity. That's well, the big problem. They don't have an identity. And I think that's part of it, too. You know what? I, I'm glad you went there. And we will talk a little bit more about Kenny Pickett in the next segment. Maybe this is a smooth transition there. But they do kind of look shell shocked in that regard, don't they? Oh, yeah. That through two games, what they, I mean, they told everybody all offseason. We're going to be able to run the football. Uh, you know, uh, when 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 coordinators, when coaches are asked oftentimes, what's your identity? What do you do well? They give some political answer, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Matt Canada, right before the season started, what's your identity? What do you guys do well? We're going to run the football. I mean, they told it, the offensive line, we're going to be physical. We're going to run the football. Najee That's and right. Jalen, I mean, that was not something that they hid from throughout training camp in the preseason. It was not even something they tried to downplay throughout training camp in the preseason. All these different things that you're right. I mean, the the issues on the offensive side of the football, it's no one thing. There are all these things are complementary together to to get to where you're at struggling right now. And we talk about Kenny, and we talk about Matt Cannon, and we talk about the maybe the biggest thing is just that uh, that shell shock of wow, through two games we haven't been able to run the football close to as effectively as as we thought we were going to be able to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that they have to kind of be looking, as much as we are as pundits and analysts, saying what the hell happened from preseason to regular season, they have to be doing the same thing. They have to be saying things that we were doing successfully in camp, things that we worked on and translated into games in the preseason games, and they worked there. Uh, even when you played the varsity against Buffalo, things were working there. It's all gone. It's all gone. Poof. Like, we have no idea what's happening, so... I do think that the Steelers' offense kind of could be getting into some dangerous quicksand-type area where their confidence is going to completely evaporate as well as their as their confidence is going to completely evaporate as they keep playing poorly week in and week out because they really are shells of what they looked like in the preseason compared to what they look like now. And, again, in this next segment, we might be talking about the guy who's the main culprit for that because I— that's the person that looks the most disconnected. I know the line looks worse than it did in the preseason. I know that the receivers, I guess, were a little bit better. But the biggest disconnect is what KP8 looked like in preseason and what he looked like when the calendar turned to September. Well, I'm glad you said that. Let's take a break here and then let's go there. Um, I do want to talk about Kenny Pickett with Tom, a guy who has a nice body of work when it relates to uh, to seeing Kenny Pickett over the years as I've got a, a pit season ticket holder in the booth with me here today. So let's harken back to some of that when we return on the other side. Uh, has Tom seen Kenny in a position like this before? Has he been able to dig himself out of it? How does that kind of uh, mental moxie that we all know Kenny has play into getting this thing turned around in the right direction? We'll discuss all of that on the other side. Wes Euler, Tom Opperman. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Blitzing here with our buddy Tom Opperman on a Thursday. That's right, a rare Thursday edition mm. of the Steelers Blitz. I just like letting that beat ride come You in like what I did with these beats Ooh, that, that I went in, in and picked yeah. out, right? No wonder there's always energy on this show, good vibes. Uh, I tell you what, you can only, listen, all due respect to like our, our unlicensed classic rock sounding SNR beds. I can only, <laughs> I can only do those so much yeah, till well, I had to go. have a little funk in can here. Only, yeah. I can only hear the same, you know, 11 beds <laughs> multiple times a day. Same uh, black and black beds. That's, that's ex- exactly right so we went in we found a few you you can see how we got them labeled in the system here blitz bed biggie sounding you know what i mean we found <laughs> we found all these different like yeah let's sounds like biggie could cut a verse to let's, this let's, yes. let's throw all those in there i'll play you one here before the show's done that sounds exactly like hypnotize it's hilarious Motes and i were like this is this is this is unlicensed hypnotize right here we gotta throw this into the system uh speaking of hypnotized Oh, how do you like that transition? Kenny Pickett looks a little uh, deer in headlights. He does. And I, you know, I want to talk to you about this because, as I mentioned before the break, I kind of teased there. You know, Tom has a uh, has a wide depth of of Kenny Pickett watching. Tom and his dad, uh, Pitt men, Pitt season ticket holders, have been going to games forever. So you saw him all his years with the Panthers, obviously, and then now with the Steelers. Let me ask you this because. His his last season at Pitt obviously was fantastic, right? Broke Deshaun Watson's ACC records, was a Heisman Trophy finalist, all these different things. Yep. First round draft pick, things went pretty smoothly for Kenny his 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 last year at Pitt. Hundred percent. But leading up to that, right, he had some growing pains. He had some struggles, for sure. Like like every young quarterback does. Did you remember a moment? Was there ever a moment though where it was like this, where just the body language kind of looked defeated? Because that's always been the thing with Kenny, right? The confidence, the leadership, the moxie—that term that gets thrown out there. We all know he's a very charismatic guy, and what might be his greatest strength right now seems to be going in the opposite direction. You ever remember a- another time like this, and in- all the time that you've been watching Kenny? Body language-wise, no. Uh, even when you know he wasn't the best quarterback, he had back-to-back 13 touchdowns, nine interception seasons at Pitt before the senior year breakout. He never looked this distraught. He never looked like the game was too fast, too big for him. It wasn't that being the problem. He had some injury problems over that stretch. And you know, one thing that's plagued him his entire life since entering Pitt, he had unbelievably unfair expectations at Pitt because he beats number two Miami in his first start ever. You hear that he's the next Dan Marino right away. They finally got their quarterback. He's mm-hmm. so young. he's a freshman. He's going to be here for the next four to five years. This is great. And then he was just, you know, he's kind of okay for the next three to four years. He had his moments, had moments. for yeah. sure. Yeah. And uh, I think that there are some games that he played well enough for Pitt to win. And the old genius head ball coach's defense might have let him down or some things like that. But. He wasn't ever so shockingly bad where I was just like, oh, Kenny's not it. You got to move on from him. You got to bench him. I never felt like he was lost out there quite like I've seen him after the first couple drives against the Niners and and really a lot of that Monday night football game against the Browns. Just the deer in the headlights is a very apt description to use for him. And just to answer your question again, no, I've never seen his mental acumen look this low in all my time watching him at Pitt. I mean, he, like I said, didn't put up gaudy numbers, but he did okay enough. He helped them, you know, win six, seven games every now and again. Sure. And, and I think he always kind of felt like, I'm getting better. I'm building towards I've got something. more to give. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. They, I'm learning this. Still. And last year, 
Kenny was overwhelmed at times, but he never looked it because I think he just, okay, I'm a rookie. Like, things are fast, but I'm getting better every week. This is expect Again, anytime you move to that next level as a quarterback, you're going to have your growing pains. But he never looked this frightened out there. No. And I don't know if that's a whole offseason worth of great expectations being leaped onto him, saying, well, you look great in the preseason now. It's time to turn it up. You're, You're the next franchise guy. Doesn't seem like a guy that would read his own press clippings. Maybe he did. But it clearly looks like he's got like an obleep feel to him right now. Like I, I'm the Steelers' starting quarterback. I went to pit. You know the franchise is pitting their hopes onto me. This can't unravel. And two games in, I look. Yeah. Like I look yeah. terrible. I I think you're absolutely right, and that's again that's been the most surprising part to me because like you mentioned, even last year down the stretch at times where it wasn't going well for Kenny. His greatest strength was that ability to hang in there, right? That whole that whole Christmas Eve game against the Raiders. Stink, bad, offense doing nothing, and then all he needs is the one opportunity at the end. He drives that team right down the field, scores the touchdown. Same thing against Baltimore, right? Well, the Baltimore one, too, is even crazier to me because the Ravens hadn't given up a touchdown drive in the fourth quarter in, like, weeks and you had heading not, into you that had, game. You had, you had nine points. And you're starting at the 90, or at the two. And, so you have and, 98 and yards to go. It's cold. It's prime time in Baltimore. That place is jumping. You know I'm fortunate enough now to beat all the games. Like They're going to make the playoffs. They're trying to win they, the division. They like, have this. They have these new lights in Baltimore, so they can cut yeah, their lights. Cool. They can cut their lights on and off at any moment without any delay. Yeah, they did that at the Orioles game when I was there too. It's and sick. like it's like it's like they've got the Steelers pinned at the two yard line. There's a couple minutes left. It's cold. It's the end, of, and they're doing these lights, and the place is going nuts. He and I'm like, blink. I'm like, this game's over. He didn't blink though. Like he didn't. He didn't. C- converted key third downs. That key pass to Najee, which was if if I'm right, a third or fourth down as well too, to to score that touchdown at the death and win the game. Face pressure too. Avoided it and got the ball out. I mean it. It's so weird to see that, and see that because that was the game you point to and say, "Well, even if the skill set's not there, the, the, me- the mental makeup is there." He yes. went into Baltimore yes. and beat his arch rival in a fourth quarter comeback. They hadn't given up a touchdown in the fourth quarter since like September. And we're playing this game at the end of December, and yet he does that. Going to this offseason thinking, well, at least we got the dude mentally. Between the ears, right. he's as sharp as anybody right. in We the might league. have some growing pains, but at least we know his his fortitude is there. But I'd rather have that, you know, mental acuity because that can make up for a lot of deficiencies oh, skill wise. Whereas if you're a super skilled player but you don't have it between the ears, Johnny Manziel, good you're luck. not gonna do anything right. in the NFL. Baker so like, Mayfield. <laughs> right, right. Well, hold on now. Baker, well, we'll see. Baker it's true. Good start, good start now, for him so far, as much as I hate to admit it. hundred percent, you're right. Like you could be these number one overall picks and you just don't have what it takes mentally I'd almost rather have a guy be a little less than in the skill department and just be that much better mentally like Tom Brady right Tom, yeah, Tom Brady was never the greatest Tom Brady was not Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers you, you, in terms you know, of when pure people, talent people build those quarterbacks like they're perfect quarterback you say I'm taking Rodgers' arm I'm taking Manning's brain like blah 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 you never knew what to take for Brady. his heart maybe like you just never knew what his was clutch the gene, best like, about yeah. him but he just was the greatest that you know keeping a calm head no matter what the other team did, no matter how deep the hole is, I still think I'm going to come back and win mm-hmm. this game. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought we had in Kenny at the very least. Still might have that, but he has not shown that kind of fortitude in the first two weeks for sure. He has not, and I think that's the most surprising thing again about about all of this because everything that we had seen from Kenny for the previous two years was the complete opposite, was that ability to hang in there no matter what. So, Tom, listen, I know there's again, this is not... 
all these things work together in an ecosystem, right? When your mm-hmm. offensive line's struggling, your run game's struggling, your quarterback's struggling, and you're losing some wide receivers to injury, and, and, and maybe the play calling isn't the greatest from the offensive court. All these different things are in their own ecosystem working against the goal together. But for Kenny, right, in terms of just controlling what you can control, because Kenny can't control how well the offensive line blocks. He can't control the, the play calls that are coming in and some of these different things. For me, there is still room in there. He needs help as well, too. He needs better mm-hmm. offensive line. He needs he needs better run game. He needs to get Deontay Johnson, his best route runner, and his best separator out there back on the field as soon as possible, hopefully just another week or so here for Deontay. But for him, too, control what you can control. And to me, that part is obviously some of the mental stuff that we just talked about as well, too. But there's throws there that we know Kenny can make over the over the first two games. He's that, just that he's, blatantly missing That he's them. just missing them. When, when the play is there, when the call is there, when the route is there, and I'm not saying it is every time, obviously, but he's had those opportunities and, and, and has just missed on them. I think it's one of those things to give him, again, because all this context matters, and he played maybe the best defense in the NFL, maybe right up there with the Steelers in week one in San Francisco. One of the best Browns def- are pretty good, too. One of the yeah. best defensive fronts, certainly, in what they have in, in, um, in Garrett and, and Smith there on the that defensive are really line. Good they've got talent all over the place in the secondary. All those guys in their secondary, first and second round draft picks. And I kind of have a feeling that the defensive coordinator in Cleveland is a little bit smarter than the head coach right now. I, as, as someone I know who, Schwartz didn't do that great as a head coach, but I as think As someone who Zemanski. worked in Philadelphia when the Eagles won that Super Bowl and Jim Schwartz he is the defensive DC, coordinator. Yeah. He is. I think he's a little bit better than Stefanski. He's. I don't know if there's an offensive. Maybe like a. Uh, I don't know. Um, what's, what's the coach who was just with the Cardinals? Cliff Kingsbury. Okay. Like like a guy who is cl- like okay. You probably shouldn't be a head coach, but man, man you, you are can a do really good yeah. coordinator. Just stay on the offensive side of the football, right? That's Schwartz. On That's the Schwartz on the defensive side of the football. I think you're right that he's he's really improved that Browns defense very quickly here. Um, that's the one kind of olive branch, too, that I'm willing to extend. I know you have to go on the road, and that's never easy in the NFL, particularly when you're moving time zones like the Steelers are the next two weeks in Las Vegas all the way across the coast, and then Houston down in Texas as well, too. But if you're going to get this thing moving in the right direction, it's a little bit of a different story. Yeah, Vegas has some talented pass rushers up front, but they're not the Niners and they're not the Browns. The Texans, they are completely – Will Anderson, we think, can be he great. Could be good. But, but, I mean, they are completely revamping that defense. I mean, getting rid of guys like Desmond King because they don't think they're going to be part of the long-term picture when they do get this thing where they want it to be in the next couple years. To me, these next two weeks are crucial for Kenny because there's going to be plays that are out there to be made. If you can get that moving in the right direction, then you come back home against Baltimore, then you get your bye week all of a sudden, right? Just tread water till that point. Mm-hmm. Get Deontay back, get things moving in the right direction, and then you get some more favorable matchups as well, too. I think that's got to kind of be the blueprint for Kenny. Just control what you can control, make the throws that you've been making for years now, and things will start looking up. This game coming up on Sunday Night Football against the Raiders – he has got to throw at least two touchdown passes in a game. Okay. It is 15 it's, games now that he has had long. one, and that's it as far as a max is concerned. And people point to, well, he's had a couple three touchdown games total because he's run the ball in. How dare you? I want my quarterback to be throwing yeah, and for let's, touchdowns. Let's not act like they were Lamar Jackson. Yeah, like the they're one against run, the Bengals. He's spinning right, people and around. Right, making three guys like, miss and going for 40 yards. They're like one or two yard from the goal sneaks. line runs. The, yeah. His first <laughs> touchdown, I think, ever in his career was a quarterback sneak against the Jets, which, yeah. by the way, so willing to sneak the ball last year, and then you get a third and one in this game. And I know people are on Canada for the play call in the read 
the run read there. I think Pickett should have handed the ball off to Najee. It would have had a better chance instead of keeping it. But regardless, where's the sneak? Where's the sneak? Yeah, there? I don't know. Maybe I was thinking about that too. Maybe they're they just don't want him to get hit. You know, the two yeah, concussions but last year. They the- snuck the ball all the time after the two concussions last year. It's true. So it's just it. It's true. That was when it was third and one, fourth and one. Kenny was because I remember I would joke around and be like, he's the next Brady. As far as quarterback sneaks are concerned, because Kenny would just and, get it and every you time. Can, you can see how that can be such a cheat code in the NFL. Oh, look at the look at the Eagles right look, now. Look at the Eagles. Anytime I they mean, have one and a half yards or less, you to go, line it's up automatic. behind Jason Kelsey and you just go, dude. Man. Honestly, on a fourth and two, I would run that play. They yeah. always seem to get two to three yards every yep. single time. So, and you can push now in the backfield as well too. There's not the, the the no push rule anymore. That's a tangent. I digress on that. It's just weird that you didn't see any of the quarterback sneak there. He's got to throw two touchdown passes at least. This is, like you said, this week, next week, these opponents are ripe for the taking. They are not good defenses. And let's not kid ourselves either. I know it's a road game. In the NFL, they're always tough, again, particularly when you're traveling across country. But it's not like you're stepping into it. You're not going to Arrowhead it's Stadium. It's not Baltimore. It's you not, know what I mean? It's not the link. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're not going to Buffalo or Philly or Kansas City. Uh, you're going to two areas where you probably have 50%, if not more, of the fan base in there. Yeah, and I mean, I think Houston is a stronger fan base than the Raiders, but the Texans have given them nothing to root for in the past nothing. four or five years. Nothing. So they're, they're going to start to dwindle off. They're not going to care. Maybe you get a little bit resurgence because, you know, you got the rookie quarterback and things might be somewhat looking up for them. But, yeah, I think that... You're this, not going to Lambeau Field, It maybe. might be best for Kenny to get away from Akershire Stadium for a little bit and go on the road but not have to go all the way to the top of, you know, Thunderdome when it comes to, like you Seattle said, or Green Seattle. Bay or Kansas City Just or Philly. Easy. Get away from the home fans in mass without really subjecting yourself to abuse from a visiting crowd as well. Yeah. Or from a home crowd as you're visiting, I mean. I think for going on the road, again, cross-country, out of your time zone, the next two weeks in a row, which doesn't happen a ton in the NFL. You'll get back-to-back road games, but it's usually like, okay, we go cross-country for one, and the other one's somebody in our division or something like that. I know that that's a tall task. With that being said, though, other than that, I don't think it sets up much better because you're going into environments where it's going to be neutral crowd at worst, I would say, against defenses that feel like, um, I don't want to say right for the picking because it's the National Football League. Every defense has good players, but defenses that certainly aren't as nasty as the ones that you saw. the first two weeks they should season. be able to put up some numbers against this team in the running game too uh, Raiders yeah. are not that great against the run the Bills put up 230 rushing yards the Bills, the Bills put up 230 rushing who yards who don't like the run and the football it wasn't at just all. Josh Allen it was James Cook who had like 120 yards on the ground so uh, every aspect of the Steelers offense that needs fixed I think this is an opponent that you can fix it against but one of the big problems with the offense has been execution and you got to go out to Vegas and execute that is what we are hoping for. It's the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. Going to take another break. On the other side, I've got some stranger stats for Tom. We'll kind of put a bow on the week that was before hour number two where we start looking at the upcoming task ahead out there in Viva Las Vegas. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Blitz in here on a Thursday. Our buddy Tom Opperman in for Motesy 
as we uh, put some final thoughts on the Browns' Monday night football victory. And we'll uh, start here shortly to begin to look ahead to the uh, challenge that the Viva Las Vegas Raiders will present to the Steelers in primetime Sunday night out there in Sin City. My first trip out there to the desert, Tom. I can't wait. That's going to be sick. Seeing that stadium is going to be really sick. Are you going to poke around the sphere at all? I'm going to try. Ted Talik could look so at the sphere? Fortunately, I don't know if you can just go in, can you? I, I don't think so, but you probably want to be on the outside anyways, right? I've seen some footage from the inside, though. They're pretty the, cool. The IMAX screen. Pretty like, cool. They showed like a safari like uh, footage from like a, an elephant walking, and dude, the elephant's just walking over you. It's, it looks insane. It, put it this way: it looked insane, and I was seeing it on Twitter. I couldn't even right. imagine right. sitting in the seat in person. And actually having that atmosphere. You got to at least walk by it though. That's what, oh. that's the coolest stadium slash concert hall I've seen it's, ever. Maybe. I mean, it's it's so Vegas that, that that starts there. I'm I'm gonna do. Fortunately, we're leaving early Saturday, so I'll be out I there. Bet you are. I'll be out there by noon on Saturday, and it's not a you know it's a five. I bet they plan to leave early. It's on a Saturday. five. It's a five fifteen local time on Sunday, so it's not like I have to be up early or anything. So I'm gonna do tourist stuff. Don't you worry. I'm gonna walk the strip. I'm gonna go to the uh, the water fountains at the Bellagio, right? Like I'm an ocean. 11. Maybe place a little recreational wager. Maybe or two. maybe a couple of those. Yeah, I got to check out Caesar's Palace. I got to check out some of the sports books. I'm going to walk to the Sphere, certainly. No, that's awesome. That's a great road trip to get. It and is. honestly, Houston the week after is a great town to go to, too. I'm excited about Houston the week after as well, certainly. Road schedule starts out hot for your traveling. It really uh, does. Band Vegas, of media. Houston, LA. I mean, we've already been to Atlanta. We've already nice. been to Atlanta yeah. and Tampa. Hey, pretty I mean, good, huh? It's gonna make up for having to go to Indy later we, in the year. See, I love Indy. Yeah, it's one of my favorite American okay. cities. Well, you know, then, you've been mind. there for the combine before. Yeah, you don't like yeah, Indy? Indy's all right. I'm not gonna bash the Listen, fine people of Indianapolis. I'll tell you this: I'm really easy to please. If your city is easy to navigate, well, that's true. It's a completely you can walk anywhere snowy, in 15 yeah. minutes without even and going everything's outside. Indoors, everything's yeah. in, in in walkways. The food's great. There's watering holes that aren't overly expensive. That's kind of the only thing I'm worried about in Vegas. It's going to cost me $17 to get get a light beer. But there you go. You just figured it out for me. Yeah, some fun road trips to Seattle at the end of the season. I love the Pacific Northwest, even though it'll be approximately 7 degrees in Seattle nice. when, when we are there. No, Seattle's fun. I went there for my honeymoon. You're going to love it. Yep, you and, I, you and I both did. Oh, uh, it's a blast. I it's, love Seattle. I, love Seattle. I, would, my, I would live there for sure. My wife and I love the Pacific Northwest. We did a few days in Seattle, a few days in Vancouver for, for our honeymoon back in 2016. So, yeah, good sushi, good food. Oh, the su- I've never had better sushi. Never had better sushi in my life than, than you will uh, up there in the I went Pacific back to Northwest. West. That's how good it was. I'm, I'm trying, My wife and I went I'm one day and to go back to back to back. Went, went to the Sounders game and after we were like, "When you need to eat, sushi. let's go get some sushi." Yes. It's so damn. Good. It's the best. So yeah, some fun road trips this year for the Steelers. Certainly beginning with Las Vegas this weekend. I will. Uh, you check back on SNR next week. I'll have some stories for you of my. Because I've never been to Vegas. <laughs> I've never been to Vegas before. So I'm, I got a full day. I'm trying to do the touristy stuff. Got I'm, to. I'm, I'm trying to have a good time and go to the sports book and watch my Mountaineers. Hopefully not lose to Texas Tech. It should be a uh, a grand old time. Now, Tom, as we close down this first hour here, uh, a goofy thing that we have kind of introduced here. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to put you on the spot. We're going to jump right into it. It's a little segment called Stranger Stats. Yeah, you know, again, this is me trying to kind of find, you know, some, uh, what do we want to call it? Stranger Things sounding uh, type I music. I that out, yeah. I like so it. I've got some stats for you from the Steelers last game, Tom. All right. And then you got to tell me which one is the strangest. Okay. I love it. Stranger Stats. 
The Steelers scored two defensive touchdowns on Monday Night Football. That's the first time they've done that in 13 years since 2010 when Debo had a scoop six and Troy Polamalu had a pick six. Stranger stats. The Steelers did not run a single play in the red zone all game on offense. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's ever happened before. Didn't have time to do all the research, but I couldn't find any time recently. It's safe to say. Stranger stats. A quarterback, Deshaun Watson, got flagged for face masking. (laughs) Two different times in the same game. Big play from Herbig there, drawing that face mask. Stranger stats. The Steelers entered the fourth quarter on Monday night down three points when that fourth quarter started. The offense generated negative seven yards in the fourth quarter. They won the game by four points. Stranger stats. Is that it? Is that the last one? That is the last one. That's so the one. That's, that's the, the strangest one? stat. They gained negative seven yards and completed a fourth quarter comeback. That's incredible, right? That I know has never happened before. I mean, maybe in 1942. But, like, that has never happened in the modern era of football, ever. I don't know if there's been a stranger stats where, I mean, the three, the Steelers did not run a single play in the red zone all That's night. That's pretty strange. The defensive touchdown one is bonkers because that hasn't happened in 13 years. But, but you, like, you see that happen. Steelers football, baby. Have you ever seen a quarterback get flagged for face masking, let alone twice in the same game? No, not twice at the very <laughs> least. But they were blatant face masks. They abs- I, mean, I mean, they're easy calls. Easy you calls. See one time Deshaun Watson was trying to blame the Steelers defender for it. Yeah, it was hilarious. He also should have been ejected for pushing the referee, but I digress. Yeah, what the hell is that about? They're normally so strict about I, that. Like, so strict You could about get that. suspended for a Correct. game after that. And there's like, like no appeal, no nothing. Like, it's like you're, it didn't you're out and you're gone. Like even though the refs missed it on the field, even though one of the refs quite literally got hit by him, you'd think the league would have stepped in and at least a $50,000 fine or something was coming down. At least, but Whatever. I don't know. Hey. Well, he's such an upstanding citizen, so maybe, he you, deserves him a, maybe the, you give him a break. He deserves the benefit yeah. of the doubt. Um, I'm with you, though. I think it's if you, you you would have told Steelers fans at the start of the fourth quarter that they're going to generate negative seven <laughs> yards. Will you come back? Will you come back and win? <laughs> People would have laughed in your face. Yeah, they're going to lose by 20. In, a, uh, in a, a game full of stranger stats, I'm with Tom. I think that is the craziest yeah, one. You saved the best one for last. That's nuts. That And like I said, no research done. Probably never happened, and I would have a hunch that it's not going to happen again for a long, long time, if ever. Like, you might gain negative seven yards in the fourth quarter again, but you're not completing a fourth (laughs) quarter comeback. You might not run a play in the red zone again. Hopefully not. Hopefully, oh, hopefully what, you do that to Houston. The, the closest somebody. they got was, what, the 30? Or they, yeah. they weren't even in the 30, I don't think. I don't they even think. got inside of the 30. And what stinks about that, Tom, too, before we go to break here, is like you finally, we have been begging for explosive yeah, plays, splash. right? Chunk splash for the offense. Seventy-one-yard touchdown, twenty-one-yard run, seventeen-yard run. Well, I mean, we haven't had that in a long time. Like Kyle Brandt said on uh, Good Morning Football on Tuesday with Pickens pass, it was like a lightning strike down the middle of the field. Like it was just like whoa. Haven't, like, we haven't seen that since Mr. Big Chest himself was where in town. Where did that come from? And by the way, I learned a little something about Mr. Pickens on that play too. Speed, that dude's got some speed. burners, huh? I mean. The play against Tampa Bay in the preseason, he broke that dude's ankles, and that's how he got to the end zone. It was an in-cut, and then he cut the other way. Great juke move. 
I didn't know he could just say, I'm going to run faster oh, yes. than you. And he went right between the Browns' safety and right between and the Browns' cornerback. That's safety, too, speaking of he deer took and a headlights. Decent, right? He took I mean, a decent he, angle. He took a decent angle, but you could but see in his face. He was like, he oh, my quickly, goodness, this guy missed, is moving. He did what well, you do. He misjudged his speed. He yeah. took an angle as if he was five miles per hour slower than he actually was. It was impressive. It was awesome to it see. Was, it was shot at. He was shot out of a cannon and there. And that, you know, people sure. were saying with Pickens, oh, what about the yards after the catch? Does he have that ability? That showed me that he's got the ability to do some things with the football after he catches it. I think you're right, and you're going to need that, I mean, all season, but particularly in the absence of Deontay Johnson here for at least a few more weeks. But you're right, like, we hadn't seen a lightning strike, and we get one, and then the rest of the offense just goes to kaput two around it. So it's like, you can't have both things. You can't have both you things. You have to have one yeah. or the other. It's, it's, it's been frustrating. The, the one positive that I keep pointing to is, you know, last year we had some of these same conversations, but you dug yourself into a two-and-six hole. Right, that was just impossible to climb out of, and you go seven and two down the stretch, and you end up with a winning record, and that's commendable. But you're you're just never going to make the playoffs in the NFL starting two nope. and six. If they can just if if they continue to struggle through these first few weeks, but instead of being two and six, they're they're four and three. Say they're four. You, th- say they're you know, three and two by the bye week uh, after the Ravens. Like game. you're you're hanging in there. All your goals are still in front of you, and then hopefully you do start playing your best football in November and, and at the right time. But you haven't dug yourself such a hole that all your goals are still in front of you. That's if I'm if I'm going optimistic. If I'm going glass half full, that's what it's been for me all week. Is hey, you know what? This team struggled last year, and they fell behind mightily, and then started you know piecing it together at the right time. It was just too late. Hopefully they won't fall behind mightily this year, and then they start piecing it together at the right time as well, too, and everything's still in front of them. One more for you, Tom, before we go to break. This isn't really a stranger stat, but I think it just bears uh, laying out there. The Browns have not won a regular season game in Pittsburgh since October of 2023. Okay, Tom, you want to guess who the quarterbacks were for both of the teams in October of 2023, the last time the Browns won a regular season game in Pittsburgh? October of 2023? Correct. Or sorry, 2003. Pardon me. Pardon okay. me. Yes. October of 2003. Well, the last time the Browns came into Pittsburgh and won a game of was any matter was Baker and with Ben. Baker Mayfield. So I know yes. that. Yes. 2003, I mean, it would have to be Tommy Maddox for the Correct. Steelers. Correct. And then the Browns, was that Derek Anderson? Or was that a little too early for Derek Anderson? So I believe Derek Anderson took over that season. In 2003. Yes. The year with Derek Anderson, they went like 10 and 6, but still. You know they, what? Actually, that was a couple years later where they where they okay. went like 10, but still missed was the playoffs. Was it Jeff Garcia? Right? It was Tim Couch. Oh! <laughs> the last time. I, I think the those Browns, are two pretty good guesses for me. Those are though. pretty good guesses for you. Garcia is a real good guess. Uh, the Browns have not won a regular season game in Pittsburgh since October of 2020, 2003. Dang it, I did it again. Tim Couch and Tommy Maddox, a couple legends. Tim Couch beating Tommy Gunn, huh? Under center. Wow. Yes, but then remember the Steelers got the last laugh in that wild card playoff game later that season. Derek Anderson. Where they had, where they had, the, right where they had the comeback win against the Browns with Chris Fumatamalafala scoring in the final minute of the game. One hour in the books with our buddy Tom. Another hour to go. Don't you dare go anywhere. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.